Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at TheHuddle.com with your host Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back to our, I guess I'll call it the Halloween episode of the Blitz Podcast, since we are recording on Monday, October 31st, All Hallows' Eve. Boo, I say to you, Harley, how are you doing? Well, this past week, and it was kind of a treehouse of horrors for my uh, fantasy teams, but I managed to get through the weekend in one piece, and I'm actually feeling better after last week's issues, so... I guess we've got good things to look forward to as we enter the month of the turkey. Yes, and you know what? There were quite a few people that that dressed up as people in the NFL this weekend, which was kind of interesting. As a in, lot of them are actually on the field too. Yes, that's what I mean. Deontay <laughs> Foreman dressed up as Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey dressed up as Christian McCaffrey. Um, <laughs> just a two two off the top of my head. Um, Derek Henry dressed up as Derek freaking Henry. Um, or a buzzsaw, buzzsaw or a tractor trailer, whatever you want to call it. Um, in any event, um, believe it or not, we are not doing anything special for Halloween this year. And that's because tonight is game three of the World Series, man. We got to put, you know, priorities are priorities. Plus, it's a Cleveland-Cincinnati pumpkinhead match on Monday Night Football. So, Are you going to be flipping back and forth between the two TVs? Nope. It is all World Series, my man. Philly, Houston, that is all there is to it. You know, we had Philly-Houston on Friday and Saturday. Then we have an off day. The Eagles beat Pittsburgh on Sunday, so that's great. But now it's Monday, Philly-Houston baseball. Tuesday, Philly-Houston baseball. Wednesday, Philly-Houston baseball. Thursday, Philly-Houston football. And then, if needed, Friday-Saturday, Philly-Houston baseball. So there's a lot of Philly-Houston going on in the next week in this household. Yeah, Jill and I have already started planning our Thursday matchup meal for Philly and Houston. It should be pretty fun this week. So hopefully everyone follows me on Twitter. They'll be able to see what we make up for the Philly-Houston matchup meal for week eight. I'm hoping that I can serve some brooms up uh, on, on Wednesday, meaning that this, the Phillies can sweep their home three games against the Astros and call themselves world champs. But in any event, before we can do any of that, or we can talk about that any further, we have to throw it over to Harley for this week's Blitzed Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. The Baltimore Ravens traded a pair of draft picks to Chicago for Roquan Smith. This comes just days after Chicago shipped Robert Quinn to the Eagles. Now, we haven't seen this type of flight from Chicago since last year's, well, Major League Baseball National Hockey League, and National Basketball Association trading deadlines. (laughs) Greg Dulcich posted another solid line as he continues his ascent up the tight end rankings. Our BPN News team tried to score an interview with him after the game as we thought that we had run into him outside of Wembley Stadium. Unfortunately for our news team, it wasn't actually Dulcich, but actually Daniel Radcliffe doing a promo appearance for the new Weird Al movie. (laughs) Despite being written off for dead this week, DK Metcalf channeled his inner ghost face and went on a slashing spree hacking up the Giants' secondary. Apparently, Brian Dable failed to watch the Scream movies where they broke down the rules to survive a scary movie because his team folded faster than the token big-breasted girl in the hard-open that runs up the stairs instead of just going out the front door. (laughs) Since this is the season, I would like to remind our listeners that the Detroit Lions celebrate Halloween every week. I mean, every week we get tricked into thinking that DeAndre Swift will actually be fully healthy, 
And then we see a running back cross the goal line for them. And the mask is peeled off to reveal Jamal Williams. <laughs> and finally, Kyle Pitts scored for the second time in three weeks. This raises the question, are we sure that we are not actually living in the upside down? Speaking of which, has anyone seen my Kate Bush CD? <laughs> this has been your BPN News Update. Yeah, sometimes it does feel like we're in the upside down, quite honestly. Phillies being in the World Series makes it feel kind of upside down. I know everybody's probably tired of me talking about the World Series, but it is what it is. You know, it's it's baseball, it's football, it's just that, that time of year. I mean, hockey started, NBA started. We've got all four major sports going at the same time. Yes, we do. And as it sits right now, Eagles are the only undefeated team in the NFL. <clears throat> They've got a good shot at making the Super Bowl. You've got Realistically, the, I, I I see maybe one loss on their based on their schedule coming up the rest of the year. It, their schedule is really soft. It, it really is. Um, that loss could possibly be to the Cowboys Christmas Eve in Dallas. Possibly, um, they get the they get the the Packers who just are not the Packers of old, and they get them in Philly, I believe. Right? Um, yes. Indy Indy's like such a I don't know. They're just they're like a trick or a treat. You don't know what you're going to get with them, right? Um, but I, I don't. That's a game I don't think will be a, a bother to them. I don't know. I, you could be right. I would love to see it. Um, but in any event, I think that they they at least have an inside track to the Super Bowl. You have the Phillies in the World Series. The Sixers got out of the gate slow this year, but you know that they are one of the favorites to come out of the Eastern Conference possibly and get into the to the NBA championship. The Flyers, well, they're the Flyers, even though they started off well, they're still the Flyers. <laughs> um, but evidently, the Philadelphia Union, if you follow football, the other football. Evidently, they're in their league championship, too. So it is a good time to be a Philly fan right now. Well, hopefully invested in Crisco. That doesn't do the job. Trust me. They find ways to scale those light poles. And I'll tell you what, we'll try and find a way to scale. We'll try and find a way to scale the, the, the heights that will take you to fantasy success. What we're going to look at, since we're at basically the halfway point, can you believe we're at the halfway point, week eight, going into week nine? It's very, very weird. Technically, we truly are at the halfway point, right? Eight weeks down. We're halfway between week eight and week nine because, you know what, whether it's Monday or Friday, you're still halfway between those two weeks. And nine puts it at 18, eight and a half puts it at 17, 17-week 17 season. Anyway, or is it an 18-week season? It's an 18-week season. Well, we're, we're also two-thirds of the way through Scott Fishbowl for the season, too. That is true. And I got my... I was 11-1. and one. I lost, My one loss came from the whole overall because I didn't score well one week. And then last week I dumped. I, I lost both games because I scored so poorly the first week of buys. But I think this week I probably got two wins, and I should be guaranteed a place in the playoffs. 13 wins, right, gets you in? 13 gets you in, and uh, that's high point numbers after that. And I'm, uh, I'm sitting right now going into this week with eight. I'm going to walk out of this week with 10 wins, and – I'm probably set for a playoff spot, barring a mad, a mad horrible fall off the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I scored almost 200 points this week, <clears> I think it was. Um, and that was with a couple of very low point totals from a couple of guys, believe it or not. So, um, yeah, in any event, pretty happy there. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to take a look at the top 12 currently by average, week average, points per game average, for each of the um, four skill positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And we're then going to tell you who we think drops out and who replaces them by this time, or I say by this time, at the end of the year so that you can maybe look at adjusting your ranks and figuring out what you have to do, if anything. And then, of course, we'll get into our DFS stuff. How's that sound? Mm, yeah. Let's do it. Let's start 12. Um, we'll go with the quarterbacks first because you know I love quarterbacks. Exactly. And now should we let our people know that this is based, again, on an average per game basis? Yes. Are there any like parameters for how many games they must have played to qualify? or Two, I think. How's that? Okay. And really, at quarterback, it's if you played two to start the season and you've been out ever since, then maybe I'd have had a hard time including them, but that, there's nobody like that. Um, we have one anomaly in there, and he started the last two games because somebody else is injured, so I think it's okay. Um, but anyway, I'll run down who the top 12 are, and then we'll, we'll dive into it. At one, we've got Josh Allen, followed by Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Jalen Hurts, and Lamar Jackson round out your top five with Kyler coming in at six. This is where it gets a little wonky. You have Taylor Heineke in his last two subs for Carson Wentz at seven, Tua at eight, Kirk at number nine, 
Justin Herbert, your MVP candidate at 10, Jared Goff, and Joe Flacco. So for me, real quick, there's three guys I easily see falling out. One, even if Heineke starts the rest of the year, he's not going to continue at the pace he's on. So I'm going to say Heineke, Goff, and, of course, Flacco, because although he could very well wind up with the job again, even though they're saying he's still third string and that's it. But they're the three guys I'm knocking out. Who are you knocking out? Well, I agree with Heineke and Flacco, obviously. Um, I'm not so sure about Goff, though. I mean, he's got some weapons. He's been playing the last couple of weeks against tough defenses without half of those weapons. True. So now that he's getting the weapons back and his schedule eases up a little bit, I think he could hang on to that. Again, we're we're talking about some really middling talent right right around the 11 and 12 at quarterback this year because of all the injuries. I mean, guys who probably should be up there that aren't up there are like Dak Prescott. Uh, I don't think you mentioned Geno Smith, did you? I did not. Geno Smith did not make the top 12 by average points per game. I think both of those two could make the jump up there. And given that he's been basically handed the starting job for the rest of the season— I wouldn't be surprised if Andy Dalton maybe sneaks his way in by the end of the year. I got you. Funny that you didn't see somebody like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, and I'm with you on that. So the three guys that I pegged to finish in the top 12 in place of the three guys I'm knocking out, one is Trevor Lawrence. And I honestly could see him being the one that I would say, all right, I give. You can have golf. I'll take him out. Right? Yeah. Then – the other one is, and I think, I, I don't know if you guys can hear that, but I think somebody's making lots of noise outside of my house for Halloween, and I can't go spook them right now because I'm on this recording this <laughs> for you. Anyway, the next guy, you mentioned him. I think Dak Prescott absolutely will wind up a top 12 quarterback by the end of the season on a points-per-game average. And then this guy, if you look quietly, he's strung a couple of nice games together, and you know what? They've sold people on their defense, so it's not going to hurt their offense from having to be on the field more. Um, Might be hard for them to get on the field. I don't know. Um, but Justin Fields. I'm not buying that. I didn't <coughs> think you would. I didn't think you would, but that's why I'm, that's why I'm putting in. Trevor, Dak, and Fields. Okay. All right, let's do running back. You ready? Yes. At Number one, we have Austin. I'm going to catch 896 balls, Eckler. Um, Christian McCaffrey, I used to catch 898 balls. Now I pass for touchdowns. Then you've got Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Josh Jacobs, um, Nick Chubb, not Bradley Chubb, but Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Brees Hall, Ramondre Stevenson. I probably said his name wrong. Um, You got Lenny, not playoff Lenny, but you have Lenny Fournette. Then you've got Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook. Of those, I think Brees Hall is, of course, a very easy one to say he's going to fall out because of his injury, right? Yeah, but we're still talking average. So, I mean, he had yeah. so good during the first half, he might just eke his way in there. He probably, the guy I'm probably most concerned about is Ramondre because, I mean, Damian Harris returned this past week, and uh, I, I thought that Ramondre had stolen the job and that he was not going to look back. Well, for whatever reason, it's Belichick being Belichick. Harris all of a sudden still saw half the touches this week. So a little concerned about that there. So I'm with you. I do have, well, first of all, I listed Hawks. I'm like, well, Hall's not going to help anybody, even if he finished, if he had the number one points per game average, right? So it's not going to help him. Um, But I thought it'd be a little bit of a cop out to list him as who I'd be taking out. But I still wanted to give two other people. So I I picked Ramondre as somebody who very well could fall out and and fall out easily. Um, The other one is Lenny. I think he needs to be looking over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. That team's not playing well. Um, they're going to be in it till the end of the year just because, I mean, I think, what are they? They're three and four, three and five, and one game out of first place. Yep. Um, so, but I still think that they could get, you know, the rookie some carries that will help to eat into Lenny to push him down. The guys I've got going in and jumping in is one guy that's playing tonight. We're actually recording before the, the game kicks off, and that's Joe Mixon. And the other is because I do think he's going to be healthy at some point, and he's going to put up some monster games for us, and he's going to put the boogeyman on the sidelines where he belongs, and that's DeAndre Swift. And, yes, the boogeyman is Jamal Williams. <laughs> yes, uh, I, uh, I like the mix and take. I think he might sneak in there around pick 12. Yep. Uh, again, his biggest thing has been over his career, he's always been kind of that blasé uh borderline running back one, the guy that you take at the end of round one, the early part of round two at your draft. And 
you, you, you never really expect him to be a league winner, but he's going to be one of those guys that's never going to lose you your league. So I could see him maybe sneaking in to pick a, like spot number 11 or 12 there. Uh, so I have no problem with that. The two guys that I really think they'll make the jump up there are KW3. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm liking Gino. I've got, you got to like his number one running back there. And also, we talked about the Philadelphia schedule being so easy down the stretch. Now, we do know that they like to mix and match guys. And we know that the Jalen Hurts likes to steal some touches. But I would not be surprised that as the season progresses, if the team eases up on Jalen Hurts' carries and gives more carries to Miles Sanders. Yeah, people might be shocked. And I looked at Sanders, and I do like the KW3 call, honestly. I really do. Um, I just wonder if he can overcome the late, the early season three single-digit games that he had that will allow him to vault his average up enough because he's down around 12.5 points. Um and he needs to currently get up to over 16 to crack the top 12. I think people will be shocked to know that Miles is at 14.5 points per game right now. Mm-hmm. And he scored multiple touchdowns this year. Hey, go figure. <laughs> reverse reverse t- TD regression, right? Yes. Okay. Anybody else you want to talk about at the running back spot? No, actually. I think there's been so much turnover. I don't think we can really count on Deonta Foreman – Right. maintaining three touchdown pace and same goes i think for dallas i mean they're, they're gonna be going back and forth between pollard and zeke now it sounds like so again you can't really assume that either one of those guys will have Correct. enough weekly stats to propel them into that i mean maybe damian pierce just based on volume there in houston being the only only option in town kind of yeah but yeah I, I think i prefer walker over pierce to uh, continue to to build his average up week by week. Yes, I'm, maybe. Uh, Do you mention Travis Atn? No, that's actually who I was getting ready to say. Um, yep. There's two guys that I, I really would have liked to have considered. Um, one being Tony Pollard, but I don't trust the Cowboys to actually play the guy they should be playing because I feel like they're investing in Zeke. Um, yes. That in and of itself is enough to say you got to stay away. Um, and I don't mean away, but from the top twelve. Um, and then, you know, I also look at you know, ATN. And, and yes, I think he could, but I don't know that they're going to be able to feed him the ball as much as, as you might think, or continue with as many receptions as you'll need. Well, he can kind of fall in that same category as, as Walker too, where it's yeah. like they started off the season with their numbers being weighed down. Cause they actually were playing in those games. So those games count against their average, Yep. but it yeah. wasn't until week seven where he really was given full reign of, the game and here's the thing he is at 12.975 points per game right now and walker's at 12.557 they rank 22nd 23rd respectively damian pierce who you mentioned i like but the problem with and damian's at 15.386 so he is less than one full point from dalvin cook at number 12 my problem with damian is i don't know or i believe that game script eventually is going to be his down his downfall Mm -hmm. so that's what we got for the running back spot I think it's going to be interesting at wide receiver. So at number one, we get a guy who's got two weeks back, um, and he is tops of the charts, and that's DeAndre Hopkins, followed by Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, and then J.J. at number five with Jamar Chase at number six. A.J. Brown coming off a massive game is at number seven. Waddle at eight. Marquise Brown, who's missed the last two weeks, is still at 9. Mike Thomas is at 10. Devontae Adams, who basically missed yesterday's game um, with a 1-for-3 score, um, and I don't mean he missed the game, I'm just saying that he might as well have, um, comes in at 11. And Mike Evans, who you know just catches touchdowns after touchdowns, and that's not the case right now, comes in at 12. Who are you knocking out of the top 12 at wide receiver? Well, I kind of wish we could just punt Mike Thomas out of there because he shouldn't qualify based on games played and I don't think he's the I don't think he's gonna stay up there ultimately. I think someone's gonna sneak past him. Uh yep. Marquise Brown, the same boat. He's probably gonna be gone for most of the rest of the season, if not all the season. Uh so I think both of those guys could fall out. Um Devontae just gets so much targets I'm not too concerned about there. And, and Evans scores enough touchdowns that I think that with their schedule lightening up a little bit he should be fine. The guy, the guys that I kind of have moving into the top 10, if players were to move in, 
Uh, I'm a little surprised that C.D. Lamb was not in that range. Uh, I'm a little surprised that Amon Ross St. Brown, based on his volume, wasn't in that range. So Amon Ross, Amon Ross St. Brown is actually 14th um, at 15.7, and Mike Evans being, six, being 12 is 16.386. So he's close. Um, what hurts him is that 1.4 game that he had two weeks ago, right? Yes. Um, for me, the guys I have falling out are Marquise Brown. Even if he was to come back healthy, I think a healthy DeAndre Hopkins severely limits the upside that he pre- he, he pre- presents to people. Um, and then the other one is Mike Thomas. Um, yeah, he's the one that's – he played three weeks. His points have descended every week from week one through week three, and he's been out since. So, of course, we're going to knock him out, right? Um, yeah. The guys I'm putting in over him, well, one was easy. Amon Ross A. Brown. I think he's an easy pick to go top 12. Guys I want to consider, Jacoby Myers just on the fringe, Michael Pittman just on the fringe, Chris Olave just on the fringe. Um, Olave. Olave, yes. I'm sorry. Olave just on the fringe. Um, Debo Samuel, um, he missed this past week, but he's within striking distance. C.D. Lamb is at 20 at 14.6, so he's almost – a whole point and a quarter behind. Um, actually, I'm sorry, almost two points behind. Gabe Davis, you know, <coughs> he's been hit or miss. Uh, the guy that I landed on, even one to consider possibly Juju Smith-Schuster, I came down to two people, Keenan Allen and Jerry Judy. Um, Keenan Allen, when he comes back, I think is going to help propel Justin Herbert up those quarterback ranks by a lot, quite honestly. Um, and he's due back this week, right? Uh, give give me credit for forgetting about Keenan Allen. He actually returned last weekend. Oh, that's right. And I, on a I would have I actually would have included him in my list of potential jump ups too. Again, because without Mike Williams over the next month, it's going to be the Keenan Allen show there. Him and Austin Eckler are going to get targeted uh, metric bleep ton. So I like both of them. Uh, you mentioned Chris Olave, who I think is going to have to step up and remain the number one wide receiver in New Orleans there. Uh, you mentioned Greg Davis. I'm a little concerned about his big catch yep. and or touchdown or nothing mentality the last couple of weeks, but he, he certainly has a chance. And the other guy that you mentioned at the end there, Juju, who I think is going to be uh, continue to be the number one receiver for Kansas City, obviously behind Travis Kelsey. But I believe that the addition of Darius Tony will really help Smith-Schuster there. Yeah, so at the end of the day, you know, you look at Juju, his last two games, he's 20-plus points each game. You look at Jerry Judy's last two games, he's at 16-6 and 18-3, so he's trending the right way. But Judy's at 11.6. He's got a long way to go to, to make up the jump up in that top 12. Now, maybe over the second half of the season, he's top 12, but I don't know that he gets there by end of season. Well, he's um, also been the subject of trade rumors, too, this week, so it's possible that he ends up someplace where he's got a better chance to produce, such as Green Bay or Baltimore or I've even heard rumors of him coming up here to Minnesota to join alongside Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Right. Now, the thing that I like about Keenan Allen is that he has one game of 10.6 points. Last week he got back and it was only 3.1. So his average is only being depressed by one bad game and one okay game. He comes back and balls out for the next four to six weeks. Guess what? It's easy for him to jump into the top 12. And I think he is a top 12 receiver. So I'm going with Amon, Ross St. Brown, and Keenan Allen as my two that get into the top 12. I would have no problem with those two. Okay. Now let's talk to the tight end whisperer here. And I'll tell you <laughs> who falls in at the top 12 in tight ends. And honestly, after like the top three or four, you might as well stop. Um, but in any event, Travis Kelsey is number one. Shocking. Mark Andrews at two. And that's after having a week where he did nothing, right? Yes, and unfortunately, I mean, I I would hope to see that they hold him out this week, but I have a feeling they're going to try to play him again this week. He's probably going to have another shockingly low production this week if he's not fully healed. Yeah, and it's hurt his you know it's hurt his his overall average the past couple of weeks, of course, um, mm-hmm. scoring six point seven combined points um, when he was you know probably well above twenty. 20 plus. But anyway, he comes in at number two. Ertz, Zach Ertz is at number three. Um, TJ Hawkinson, off of one massive week, quite honestly, comes mm-hmm. in at number four. And then Greg Dolkich, Dolchich, we're not sure, but Greg, Greg from Denver comes in at the number three, four, five. Daniel spot. Radcliffe in the, in the Weird Al. There task. you go. 
Then you have George Kittle at six, David Njoku, who missed a week due to a um, high ankle sprain, or I should say is missing a week due to a high ankle sprain. Um, comes in at number, actually eight. I skipped somebody. You know who I skipped? Who? I skipped Taysom Hill. Um, because I still don't buy the fact that he's a tight end. So I'm going <coughs> so to rattle off 13 tight ends because of that. Um, so buzzing by Hill, who's at number seven, gives us Anjoku, Goddard, Fryermuth. Then you have Conklin, Everett at 12, and Higby at 13, who's the quasi-12 when you kick out Hill. Of those three, it's very easy for me. I'm kicking out Conklin, Everett, and Higby. I don't think he can kick out Higby just yet. I mean, he was the leading targeter among tight ends for the first five weeks of the season. So, Well, when I tell you who I'm putting in, in, in place of him, I think you'll say, okay, maybe. Who, who are you going to kick out? Okay, no, I, I'm definitely definitely dropping Conklin and Everett. Although Conklin had a decent game last week. He did. Uh, Everett, Everett's numbers have dropped down precipitously since the return of Donald Parham. Uh, again, the, the return of Keenan Allen won't help him. Correct. Now, obviously, they might play him more split out wide take some of the relief of not having uh, Mr. Mike Williams up there. But again, I think that he's going to drop off. And uh, there's a couple guys that I kind of like. I mean, um, Dalton Schultz is not in the top 12 right now. I think he could certainly sneak his way in there. I think that Evan Engram could possibly sneak his way in there. He's been getting consistently high number of targets over the last five weeks for Jacksonville. And perhaps the most glaring elephant in the room, not inside the top 12, but who has produced really well the last couple of weeks, and that's Kyle Pitts. I mean, it's going to take a lot for him to overcome the ridiculously poor start he had, but a couple more 20-point weeks could push him up there pretty fast. So that's the thing, right? So at number 12 or 13, if you want to consider Higby as 12, he's at 9.6. So, yeah, you've got Ingram at 9.1. You have Pitts at 8.4. Not hard to make that up with a couple of 15, 20-point games, seriously. Um, and then you do have Schultz, which is kind of interesting um, because he he grabbed a couple of zeros because he played but didn't score, in a sense, right? Yes. Um, so that's going to depress his average, but he's still at 6.7. So getting up another three, three and a half points in average, not something that's impossible for him to do, especially with Dak back. So... Um, yeah, I'm with you. Evan Ingram, I'm pushing him in my top 12. Um, Dalton Schultz, I'm pushing him into my top 12. And yes, I am buying Kyle Pitts as a finisher in the top 12. God, how our, our standards <laughs> have, have changed, right? It's like, hey, he's top three. Oh, yeah, I'll take him in the top 12 for the second half of the season. And who would have thunk it? Everyone was so big on Albert Obokambo coming into the season. And it looks like Greg Dulcich is going to finish as a top five or six tight end this year. So basically, people weren't wrong about the position. They were wrong about the player. Yep. Um, then you also have like guys like Darren Waller, who just I don't think he can recover from a zero and two five-point games. Um, and that offense looks like it's going to be sporadic. Is it 7.9 points? He could finish top 12 still. Dawson Knox seems like he's going to be erratic with all the pass catchers you have in Buffalo now. Um, Irv Smith just showed that he cannot be – I mean, he had a great matchup and didn't do much of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he, got, he got hurt halfway through the game, so that kind of – Yeah. Backed uh, into a high ankle sprain. He's probably going to miss next week. Probably going to miss actually two or three games. Isaiah Likely, he did a little bit in, in Mark Andrews' steed, but you can't bank that that's going to happen consistently over the second half of the season. Yep, so, and again, he played in most of those other games too, just not uh, not to the extent getting the number of carries and that's just the number of touches that uh, right. Andrews obviously was getting. Well, there you go. In the top twelve, I'm kicking out Heineke, Goff, Flacco, and place to Trevor, Dak, and Fields. Harley, you are kicking out. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> you caught me off line. That's okay. Heineke and uh, Flacco, Flacco for Gino and Goff. There you go, and Dak. So. That's it. Um, running back, I'm kicking yep. out Ramondre and Lenny in place of Swift and Mixon, and you are kicking out Ramondre and... Ramondre and Brees. And, uh, uh, and Lenny. Sorry, I'll, I'll kick out Lenny, too, for Mixon, Sanders, and Walker. Right. Okay. Um, Sanders, you mean Swift. 
No, oh, no, no, you did. Miles Sanders, Sanders up into My, it. Miles Sanders, yeah. I'm sitting there thinking Detroit because I'm looking at Swift and I'm thinking mm-hmm. you're confusing DeAndre Swift with, with Barry Sanders. What are you thinking? And never mind, just forget me. At wide receiver, I'm kicking out Marquise Brown and Mike Thomas, as I think you are, and I'm replacing it with Amon Ross St. Brown and Keenan Allen, and you are replacing it with Amon. I'm, I'm agreeing totally. Amon Ross St. Brown and Keenan Allen there. And then at tight end, I'm kicking out Conklin, Everett, and Higby in favor of Ingrams, Pitts, and Schultz, and you're kicking out. Conklin and Everett. And Everett for Pitts and Schultz. Schultz, there you go. So there you go, people. You have it. Who we think is staying and who we think is going to come to the party in the top 12 at each of those four positions. Now it is time for us to talk DFS. Um, for those that don't know, we are going to give you our best payups, stayaways, and value plays at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver and tight end. Harley and I do not discuss this in advance, and that's why Harley is going to set the over-under right now. For what were you going to match on? Five. Five. Five's a push. That's what Vegas always tries for. Five's a push. I'm going to take the over. How's that? Okay. All right, start us off. Who are you going to pay up for at the quarterback spot? Okay, quarterback, I actually like a couple of the higher-priced guys. Uh, I ultimately settled on the third-highest-priced guy on DraftKings. That's Justin Herbert. At Atlanta, Atlanta just allowed P.J. Walker to throw for 317 yards. They have a lot of total of 1,445 passing yards over their last four games. That's an average of 361 per game. Now, a lot of that was boosted by uh, Joe Burrow's big game against them, but they're still averaging a lot of yardage. Guys that shouldn't be throwing for 300 yards are throwing for 300 yards against them. Uh, Justin Herbert obviously will be without Michael Williams or Mike Williams, however you want to call him. But he should get back Joshua Palmer, and he does have DeAndre Carter, and he does have Gerald Everett, and he does have Austin Eckler, and he does have Keenan Allen. I think they're going to be just fine. Well, we have our first match of the day, um, because I'm with you. I thought that Justin Herbert was a good pay-up, and he also saves you just a little bit of bucks, actually. Exactly. Who are you staying away from? I had a tough time with this one here, because... I could make an argument for saying that Josh Allen's price is maybe just a bit too high with the Jets' defense actually starting to play pretty decent. But it's still Josh Allen, so it's hard to stay away from him. So I went down the board a little bit, and I'm going to stay away from Tom Brady versus the Rams. Uh, he's the seventh-highest-priced guy on DraftKings, and he's actually much further down the list on FanDuel. Uh, but you know what? The old goat with no offensive line against a Rams defense that is still pretty solid. I have a feeling he's going to spend most of this game on his backside. So we have our second match, but I'm going to be honest and say that initially I wanted to consider staying away from Tua Tag Vailoa. I should just stop and say Tua. Um, Tungo Vailoa. There you go. Um, Tua. In any event, it is in Chicago. You never know what you're going to get from a Chicago weather standpoint. I feel like Chicago has the penchant for making teams play down to them where they're not playing high-scoring games usually. Um, That in and of itself was enough for me to say I wanted to stay away from Tua just because he's fourth-highest price, fourth-highest price on both, actually. Um, I just didn't see the need when there were so many other guys I kind of liked. But at the end of the day, there's no way you can confidently start Brady or Rodgers, for that matter. You could have picked either one of them, but I went with Brady. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of looked at Tua as well, but then I heard the news about Roquan being traded, and it's like, well, you know what? Chicago's not going to have any sort of pass rush anymore, so Tua's going to have time, and Tua's got arguably the fastest, re- or one of the fastest receivers in football to throw to. That combination's kind of scary for me. Okay. Um Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. And yes, Roquan has to play into it because you just don't know what's going to happen with that defense now at this point, right? Yep. I think we might go three for three at quarterback then. We might because I went way down the list, though. Um, Me too. I I didn't go Sam Ellinger. I didn't go Breaker Mayfield or Zach Wilson. (laughs) I can't say who's going to do what in New England with Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. So I land on Trevor Lawrence against a team, the Raiders. Um who are giving up more points to the quarterback position than anybody in the world right now. Three for three. How about that? Vegas is not going to be happy about this. And go. Vegas is not going to be happy to face Trevor Lawrence either. Because they've no. allowed multiple quarterback scores in every game this season. Three different quarterbacks have also rushed for a touchdown against them. 
We all know that Trevor Lawrence is known to steal the occasional goal line touchdown. So that's certainly a possibility as well. The price is way, way cheap uh, based on the fact that the team has struggled a little bit offensively in the last couple weeks. But he is just primed for a huge game this week here. Yep, I agree. Um, yeah, and so we are. We're three for three. Watch us still not hit the over. <laughs> so for what it's worth, I just got really bad news. I'm all psyched up for this game. We're recording early because of it. And they just postponed Game 3 of the World Series due to rain, um, pushing it to tomorrow, Game 4 to, to Wednesday, Game 5 to the off day, which was Thursday, making Friday an off day now, and then Saturday, Sunday, if needed, in Houston. So Thursday will be interesting now with both uh, the football and the baseball game going on simultaneously. However, one will be in Houston and one will be in Philadelphia. I mean, the fan bases will be... yes. Yes, anybody that's at the game. Yeah, there'll be a lot of split screens going on and stuff like that. That's for sure. All right, let's run on over to running back. Um, who are you going to pay up for it? I think we're going to continue to match ourselves. Here. <coughs> I think this well, is an easy call. I'm paying up for the highest price guy on the board. Oh, okay. Staying in that Chargers game again here. I'm going to go with Austin Eckler at Atlanta. Uh, since week two, opposing running back groups have averaged 134 combo yards per game against Atlanta. You've been told eight touchdowns to the position since then. And Austin Eckler is red hot. As we mentioned earlier, no Mike Williams means that Eckler and Keenan Allen will get a lot of passes thrown their way this game. So I like Eckler a lot. So I don't dislike that call at all. Not at all. But I went down the board a little bit to save a little bit of money for my pay up. For a guy that's actually on the road, which is never a good thing in my mind, right? Yeah. But he's facing a Detroit Lions team yeah. that is ranked, I think, something like seventh or eighth in points allowed to the running back spot. And he just gained like 675 yards rushing against the Buffalo Bills. Um, no, I know. I'm exaggerating. I am exaggerating. Um, but did you see what Aaron Jones did last night? Yes, he was gouging the Buffalo defense. I mean, if he can go 20 for 143 against Buffalo and they're coming off a loss and they're going to go face the division rival. And that's going to be, if that's their recipe for success, because it doesn't seem like they can rely on their receiving core right now, he is going to get fed like Derrick Henry against a Houston Texans team. Yeah. Well, I mean, Detroit's bad, but they're not Houston Texans bad. That is true. They're not, but I think it's just a combination that he makes an extremely enticing play being the fourth highest guy on the board. <clears throat> Well, interestingly enough, we're going to stay in that same game with my stay away, and that's DeAndre Swift versus Green Bay. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. He's obviously not 100%. It's two weeks in a row now that they've tried to convince us that he was. And, uh, well, Jamal Williams scores all the freaking touchdowns anyway. So, yeah, DeAndre Swift's price tag is way, way too high here. So I agree. Um, That's not the first person I wrote down. I actually went to a more higher-priced guy. I was going to say I'm going to stay away from Jonathan Taylor. He is not my guy, but I'm still going to stay away from Jonathan Taylor. Don't love him going on the road in New England. Don't love that, that Bill knows how to take out your key person, and it is Jonathan Taylor, and make Sam Ellinger beat them. Ellinger, Ellinger, however you pronounce it. Um, but my true stay away was DeAndre Swift. Um, we matched there. He's priced far too high for the performance he's had so far, especially with the question marks, knowing what sort of share he's going to have. Well, I considered Taylor, too, but he's also a little dinged up at this point. And there's no, there's no given that he's not going to play in this game. But, uh, again, any, any injury, they obviously showed during his absence previously that Deion Jackson was capable of stepping up. Obviously, Naheem Hines is a good pass catcher out of the backfield. So those two can certainly handle a little bit more of the workload if Taylor's limited. I would like to point out, though, that Taylor's price is $900 cheaper on FanDuel than it is on DraftKings. Yeah. which is just screaming, play me, play me at 6,800, please. It's a trap <laughs> game for a guy that, that they have lead blocking for Naeem Hines. Exactly. To get him a touchdown. Anyway, okay, so that's where we are. So we, we have four matches now. Maybe we'll get this over. Um, who is your value play? You know, I, I thought about taking a shot at A.J. Dillon because, again, it is Detroit and they're not very good. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, I went a little bit further down the board. Uh, I, I'm playing, obviously, Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert versus Atlanta, 
So you know what? I'm going to run it back here with Tyler Elgier versus the Chargers. Now, four of the last five weeks, the Chargers have allowed a 20-plus point PPR performance by a running back. You know, Elgier has been splitting touches with Caleb Huntley fairly even, but Elgier has scored in each of the last two weeks. He's the guy that's getting the ball at the stripe. So if if you give him a touchdown there, maybe another 80 total yards, that's going to push him in that 20-point range too. And uh, again, Chargers have been very amenable to opposing running backs. So we get a half a we get a half star here in case we push. Tyler Algier was my my um, value play last week, right? Yes. Um, this week, I'm staying in the Atlanta backfield, but I'm pivoting to Caleb Huntley for a few dollars less. <laughs> so yeah, for all the reasons you said, you know what? If Huntley's a guy that can get one at the stripe or can knock one in at some point, he definitely will pay off easily. His, his his FanDuel price is a little high and a little hard to fathom, though. Um, he needs to almost hit 20 points for three times value at six grand. Um, yes. But his, his DraftKings price is much more amenable. So, you know, that's where we are. Who is your pay-up at wide receiver? I think we might match here. Um, let's see. Who is my pay-up here at wide receiver? I know last week I had a bunch of them I liked, and I picked the only one that didn't do crap. Um mm-hmm. Thank you, Devontae Adams. So my pay up here, probably we won't match. Um, I'm going to I'm paying up for Justin Jefferson. He's going to be on the road at Washington. Didn't have a huge game this week. I think it's a bounce back game against the Washington secondary that's not as good as its front seven is defending the run. We do have a match. Uh, oh, there you Jefferson's go. actually been held out of the end zone for far too long. I was actually the person that told people not to play him last week because again. We've talked a little bit about how Arizona has been good against opposing wide receiver ones. Yep. And obviously, again, if you played Justin Jefferson, you're probably disappointed by his line last week. Uh, this week, again, he's primed. He's due. He's overdue for a touchdown. That's going to change. Irv Smith is almost assuredly out this week. Adam Thielen is dealing with an injury he sustained late last week. And Washington, as you mentioned, is one of the worst teams in the league versus the pass. Uh, this should be a fairly easy pay-up play here for Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I don't know that I like my stay away now because I, I, while I adjusted one of my quarterback picks based on a trade that was made today, I didn't do so at the wide receiver spot. Um, my stay away is Tyreek Hill against Chicago. Based on the price, I don't mind that. I mean, both him and Waddle are over 8000 on FanDuel. Yep. So it's hard to predict both of them hitting that number against Chicago. I, I, I have no problem with that as my stay away. I, I'm actually kind of taking a uh, pseudo-safety stay-away, too, here in T. Higgins versus Carolina. Yeah. One of the things I've talked about, again, much like I talked about Arizona being decent against tight, uh, against wide receiver ones, uh, Carolina, up until the last two weeks, has been very, very good against opposing wide receiver ones. The last two weeks, they've struggled a little bit. But I'm concerned that Carolina's going to basically do what they can to shut Higgins down and force him to be able with the other weapons. We haven't seen... This first game with uh, with just Higgins and Boyd as the two outside receivers because uh, it hasn't started yet. But uh, we'll get no- more knowledge of that based on tonight's performance. But I have, a, I have a feeling that Higgins might struggle a little bit this week. coming Not tonight, but this coming week. Yes, week nine, right? Yeah, week nine. Yes. Um, so for what it's worth, Bears are 22nd in points allowed to the wide receiver position. And Carolina is 23rd season to date. So, um, yeah, I don't disagree with your your pick there either. Um, who are you going to put in at the value play? I think we could match this, and that's usually hard. It really is hard. Uh, I just looked around, and uh, I'm going to go with Romeo Dobbs at Detroit. Uh, you know, he made that end zone catch that looked pretty spectacular yesterday. With all their wide receiver injuries, uh, Dobbs might be the only wide receiver that Aaron Rodgers even has any trust in right now that's healthy. So, again, his price tag is a little bit higher than I normally like for a value play, but uh, I, I think that uh, you want to get some exposure to this offense against Detroit because Detroit's bad. And, again, if you don't roster Aaron Jones, Dobbs would probably be the only other player that I'd feel kind of confident in. I'll tell you what. I went a little higher than I normally do too. Um, and I think maybe we can combine our plays because my, one, my play is cheaper on DraftKings but $100 more on FanDuel. So we can do my play on DraftKings and your play on FanDuel. 
I went with Josh Palmer against an Atlanta Falcons team that, as you know, is just giving up oodles and oodles of points to the wide receiver position. Um, Keenan is coming back. I expect big things from him. But you know what? Palmer's been there. He's getting back. I think he's a solid play. Only Kansas City and the Raiders are giving up more points than they are. Yeah, again, I like that play. It sounds like he's going to be back this week. But, again, make sure you check your injury stats as we get closer to the week to make sure he suits up. But, yeah, if he's out there, getting as many Chargers active against Atlanta is a good thing to do. Exactly. I mean, they let Carolina score 34 points. Yeah, go figure. Um, Speaking of which, DJ Moore, wow. Um, (laughs) Wait a minute. DJ Moore, wow. I I mean, come on. you, You can't script that stuff worse or better than that. Anyway. We figure out how to unlock DJ Moore. You have to have your top two quarterbacks go down to injury, and you have to trade away your all-pro running back. Yeah, and then have him score the what should have been the game-winning touchdown, but he doesn't know how to act because they don't win, so he takes his helmet off and makes his kicker have to kick a 63-yard field goal. Yes, I'm exaggerating. And he misses it, and then you go to overtime, and then you still lose. So, yeah, anyway. All right, we need one tight end to push us over the over. Otherwise... I'm gonna have well, we're we're gonna we're gonna get that tight end right away here at the pay to play. I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Um, go ahead. Who are you gonna pay up for? Uh, I'm paying up for the highest priced tight end on the board, and that's Zach Ertz uh, versus Seattle. You know, Seattle is one of the few teams in the league that is nearly as bad as Arizona is against the tight end. So, Ertz is the again. He's the top priced guy. He's in for a big week. So, Ertz was the first name I wrote down. I can't help but think I can't trust him. With DeAndre back, I can't trust him. <laughs> right? I mean, just how can, yeah. you, how can you trust him? Um, he's probably going to score a touchdown. They'll probably hit two and a half to three times value. FanDuel, I'm not so sure. Um, I wound up going much lower, not that much lower the way prices are right now. Um, I went with Kyle Pitts. I'm paying up for Kyle Pitts. Color me, I don't know drunken with his two of his <laughs> last three weeks um and maybe i shouldn't be when the chargers aren't on paper a great matchup they rank middle of the road they're 16th in points allowed to the tight end position um but yeah i'm paying up for kyle pitts okay who are you staying away from? maybe we'll match our stay away then i'm gonna stay away from tj hawkinson there you Green go Bay. now we got the over <laughs> Now we officially have the over. Yes, TJ Hawkins. No tight end has posted more than five catches. No tight end has posted more than 52 yards receiving against the Packers. And only two tight ends have scored against them this year. So, yeah, it's uh, not a good, not a great matchup, not a good matchup even for, uh, for TJ, who, as you mentioned earlier, uh, is kind of living off of a couple of big games while everyone was hurt. Yep. So there's the match. There's the over. I think we could match on our value play, too, believe it or not. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we're going to just because uh, there are so many value plays that I kind of want to take advantage of here. I, I don't mind Robert Tunyon this week. I, I don't mind Hayden Hurst this week. We talked about Evan Ingram. Uh, so many options to choose from. But I decided, you know what, uh, let's take the shortest distance between two points as a straight line, and let's go with Will Disley at 3,4900 uh, facing that Arizona defense. That is guaranteed to give up at least one score to the tight end position. Now, the question mark comes, is it going to be Will Disley? Is it going to be Colby Parkinson? Or is it going to be Noah Font? And Noah Font actually has more targets on the season than Disley, but Disley has two more touchdowns than Font does. And Disley has been a little bit more consistent from week to week, averaging a couple more catches per week on average than Font has. So, again, you could play either of them. You could play both of them because – Arizona's going to give up at least one touchdown to one of them. So here's the deal. I'm, I'm perusing this list, and the first name that I look at, and I go, Will Disley. Will Disley, it's you. You're the one. But I didn't write it down, okay? Because then I went, oh, Colby, look at you. Oh, uh, Noah, mm-hmm. look at you. Uh, you guys just know how to ruin a party. And because of that— Did you go with Bryson Hopkins instead? Yeah, no, I did not. Um, so then, I thought I thought about Bryson Hopkins actually. I, I thought about Hunter Henry actually. Um, don't ask me why, but I did. Um, probably because they're not giving up any points to wide receivers. Um, no, I settled on a guy that look as much as I like Will Disley's matchup. Okay, this guy's only three hundred dollars more 
I'm sorry, $400 more. I can't, no, $300 more. $300 more on DraftKings and $300 more on FanDuel. And he is facing a team that is allowing, let's see this, hold on, we'll tell you here in a second, a ton. Um, yeah, fourth most points to the tight end position. It's Evan Ingram. Sorry, he's just, to me, that's a solid value play. And again, this is maybe the week to do a double or triple tight end with uh, with Ertz and Ingram. Maybe you think so. include a guy like Disley. Maybe consider a guy like Hopkins if, uh, if as we're expecting, that Tyler Higbee misses this game. Uh, Kendall Bland obviously is hurt as well, so Hopkins will likely be the starter there. Uh, you can even look at Minnesota where, again, Irv Smith's likely going to be out, so possibly getting a Johnny Munt in there or a Ben Ellison as the backup tight end there. A lot of cheap tight end options if you want to throw a double tight end lineup together. Oh, I don't like tight end lineups. But you, they, they work at times. They work at times. I'm just not a fan. Not a fan. You know that, but you're the tight end. I apologize player. to our listeners for Jordan Akins this week. That was a mistake on my part. Uh, it happens. <laughs> it happens. In any event, there you go. Um, that's one of our better weeks in a long time, Six six point five agreeing. How's that? Um, it happens when you've got uh, six teams on by and uh, <laughs> six teams playing outside the slate. Yes, that is true. Um, a lot of the stars are not available this week, it seems like, right? Yes. So in any event, um, if you need any other advice, you can always hit Harley up on Twitter, at Nuclear Harley. You can hit me up, but you'll probably find my feed full of World Series stuff instead, but I'll still do my best to get back to you in a timely fashion. Of course, you can subscribe to The Huddle if you're not a subscriber already. It's an annual membership that is a calendar year. It is not from when you actually, it's from when you sign up till this time next year. So you'll be fine there. And as always, get books responsibly. Cheers. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.